Well, good day, Lake Avenue Church. Happy Father's Day to all you dads, grandparents. Truly, happy Father's Day. Hey, Henry and Russell, and this might feel gimmicky to some of you, but I need to talk to my boys just for a second. I didn't get to see you this morning. I don't see you most Sunday mornings. And today is another long one. I just want you to know how much I love you. And I know that these past few months, you've been on your Zooms with your class and, and Zooms with your friends and the church, and oftentimes um, I have not been home. And in many ways, I've been gone more in these last few months than home at a time where a lot of people get to be home. And, and you know, guys, um, I have missed that time. But I am so proud of you. I, I'm so proud of the boys you are and your understanding of who Jesus is in our family and in our life and that you have never never made a big deal out of me leaving to work. But I've been reflective this week. I've been reflective because of the sermon we're going to give and even the words that Pastor Chuck just gave. And I want you to know that what I'm going to say today to our church, that Jesus has said to me. And the most loving thing I'm going to do different in the next year is I'm going to learn to love you guys by listening better. Now, don't get me wrong. I want you to still listen to me. I have things to say to you, but I need to listen to you more because I am convinced that as I've been in the Word of God uh, this week, as we've been in this series about the traits of being the family of God, that the most loving thing I can do is the most loving thing we can do as a church family, and that's to listen to one another, to learn from one another, and to listen and to love. And in many ways, this is the cheesiest sermon title I've ever come up with. It's called Ear Affection. Get it? Instead of ear infection, ear affection, our way of loving one another by the way we listen to one another. And in many ways, this could be a sermon, and it also could be a family talk. It might go a little long, it might go short, but let, let's get going. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word? We are going to be in three different scriptures, and as my neighbor said to me flippantly on Friday night, are you really going to make us flip around in the Bible that quickly? Just get to the Gospel of Mark, and I will read the scriptures from James and Proverbs. I don't want to cause too much stress for you today. So in the book of Mark, we are going to start in chapter 5, verse 16, and then we're going to jump to James, and then we're going to jump to Proverbs, and hopefully the Spirit of God will speak to us today. So in Mark, those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, 
Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Diopolis, which is the region, 10 areas, 10 cities there, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. James chapter 1, 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Proverbs 18, verse 15, from the message paraphrase. Wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insights. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. We are building right upon what we talked about last week. And so if you haven't heard the message from last week, I encourage you to. It was in Matthew 8 where we looked at this story of two demon-possessed men. Jesus comes and casts the demon out of these men into the pigs. The pigs go into the water and die. And the community, the city in which these pigs belonged, after seeing two men be freed, hearing the story of what had happened, pleaded with Jesus to leave. That's where we left the sermon. And after the sermon, I got a great uh, insight from Jane Rumpf, who I think uh, is, I just think the world of the Rumpfs. And when Jane speaks, you listen. And she pointed me to the book of Mark and said, look at the, the story, how it ends differently in Mark. There's something in here for us, and I believe she is right. The story ends in Matthew with Jesus being asked to leave town. Mark tells the story from just a slightly different perspective, actually just through one of the men. You'll note that if you read the whole story. But this second part that after Jesus has been asked to leave the town, the scripture says, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him, and Jesus did not let him. And Jesus told him to go home to your own people, tell them how much the Lord has done for you, how he has had mercy on you. And so the man went away and began to tell the Diocopolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. I want us to think about this for a moment. I want us to think about what's happening to this man who has been freed, and I also want us to see the transition that happens within the community. The community, in just a short amount of verses, is pleading with Jesus to leave, and now they're amazed at who Jesus is and what he can do. And what's in between that, leave Jesus, and now I'm amazed by you, Jesus, is a man who has been changed by Jesus, who was not allowed to go with Jesus, but he was sent by Jesus to stay where he was and to tell his story. The man was told to stay and to speak when he wanted to be next to Jesus, wanted to be the one who would be one of those disciples, one of those who would be near this miraculous man. But Jesus does what Jesus is going to continue to do later in chapter 6 and throughout his ministry until today, and he says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you to go tell others about me. The man wanted to go. Jesus sent him out. 
And I think it's really important observation in this moment to recognize that Jesus sent this man to places and to people who knew nothing about Jesus, who wanted nothing to do with Jesus. He sent this man to people and places who actually asked Jesus to leave. And this is not the point of the sermon, but it's an important point for us today is where is Jesus sending us, Lake Avenue Church? And is it quite possible that Jesus is sending us to people and places that may want nothing to do with Jesus? Why is it that we're so calculated sometimes? Why is it that we'd rather come to 393 North Lake Avenue to be with Jesus than to be sent by Jesus outside of 393 North Lake Avenue to people and places and environments that want nothing to do with Jesus? This is the gospel Lake Avenue Church. And as much as I want to just cozy in with Jesus all the time, Jesus is sending me and sending you out to the places who need us to bring the love of Jesus so as much as the man wanted to stay cozy with Jesus, he was told to stay where he was and to speak. And what we can see is because he did this, it's a truth that we know very well, is that his story changed lives. Because stories change lives. I love that the Covells were with us today. It's just a small part of those in the entertainment industry that are part of Lake Avenue Church know full well that stories change lives. How many times have you read a biography or watched a film or, or watched CBS Sunday morning before you came to church and heard a human interest story where we hear the story of someone and it changes us? And the strategy of Jesus in Mark 5 to help people go from, stop saying leave Jesus to I want more Jesus is a testimony, is a story. And as much as I want us to identify with the man, the man who stayed and told his story, I think there's a word for some of you today, and we'll just trust that the Spirit is saying that to you. I want us to understand not just what happened to the man, but what happened in the community. The community went from asking Jesus to leave to following Jesus around. Note how it ends in the scripture we read. They were amazed few verses earlier, leave, now they are amazed. A man has been freed from evil. And the man has a story to tell. It's his testimony. And as a result of his story and his testimony, the community changes. The cities change. The crowds change. This morning, briefly, Lake Avenue Church, as much as the tendency will be for those of us who have been also freed by Jesus, the tendency for those of us who love Jesus will be to see ourselves in the man who was freed and who was told to stay. But this morning, I want us to try, to try to identify with the crowds, Try to identify with the community that said, leave Jesus, to I'm amazed by you, Jesus, and to try to understand what happens. How does this happen? Yes, the man told the story. Yes, we'll continue to read in Mark 5 that Jesus will heal, that Jesus will send out his 12 disciples to go out and to preach more. 
And we will find just a chapter later that this crowd will, not far away from where this demon-possessed man was freed, will now show up in the feeding of the 5,000, really probably 15, 20,000. That's how rapidly things changed. What, why did they change? I need us to see ourselves in the crowd today. Resist the temptation. And I believe this. I believe that what helped this group change, yes, the ministry of Jesus, the power of the miracles of Jesus, the people who have been healed by Jesus, but I think there's a, there's a detail in the text when you look at Matthew 8 and Mark 5 that we leave the story in Matthew 8 with the people hearing a headline. And in Mark, they meet a person. There's a dramatic difference between hearing a headline Remember, they came back to the city and told everybody what happened to the pigs. They got the whole story. They got the headline from an eyewitness-ish. Leave Jesus. Mark 5, this man starts telling his story. He moves from a headline to hearing a person. Listening and hearing is a huge part of our faith, Lake Avenue Church. Listening and hearing is not an, uh, an aside in the scriptures. It is kind of central. Have you ever read the Gospels and noticed how many times Jesus said, let those who have ears hear? Have you, have you picked up on that throughout the scriptures that God is speaking, but not everybody is listening? The way that we understand the gift of hearing and the gift of listening is essential to us hearing from God and living out our mission in this world. And the crowds, there maybe, maybe it was a little slower back then. There wasn't as much info coming. So there wasn't social media and, and, and all the different websites and all the news breaking in the region. And so maybe, just maybe it was easier to listen in this context of this man telling his story than it's than it is for us today. But that should be a challenge for us today to make sure we're listening for the right things. And I would contend that for many of us and the culture that we live in, we are more used to listening for headlines than we are listening to actual people. We are more used to listening to headlines than we are actually listening to God through his word. We're addicted to the headlines. I wonder if we're addicted to hearing from God. And I wonder if we're addicted to hearing from other people who love God and who don't love God to understand what is going on in their world. Lake Avenue Church, let those who have ears hear. I'm going to contend that listening is where wisdom is found. And we need wisdom in this world. In fact, in two weeks, we are going to start a new series for, for a bit where we're going to be in the book of Proverbs, which is wisdom, literature, and the Bible. And at the same time, we're going to be in the parables of Jesus and the gospel of Luke. Why are we doing this? Well, we'll tell more about that. One, I think we need truth and wisdom in this world. I think truth and wisdom are really hard to find. 
Truth and wisdom have been co-opted and oftentimes in the name of Jesus. And so there are lies out there and there is foolishness out there in the name of Jesus. And we need to come back to the scriptures and ask the question, what is wisdom and what is truth? Jesus be our guide, scripture be our guide. And when you read wisdom literature in the Bible, what you will see is that it over and over and over again is going to say there's something about the way we listen that gives us an, uh, a road to wisdom. First, listening to God is primary for us. But also listening to one another. And Lake Avenue Church as a multi-ethnic, as a church that's striving to become more and more multi-ethnic, as a church that is striving to be more intergenerational, can we recognize for a moment that the world around us and even the world within the church has a hard time listening to someone who is different than you? Let it be a generation. Let it be an ethnic difference. Let it be a political persuasion. We have lost the ability to listen and we need wisdom. And throughout the Bible, we will see that listening is not a, an aside that hopefully we get to one day on our road to maturity, but that listening is actually a marker of our maturity in Jesus. And Lake, if we're going to continue to be a multi-ethnic church, an intergenerational church, where in our mission, like I told you on Friday, just all peoples, all generations, we have to learn that listening could be the most important mark of maturity and growth for our congregation. I want to read a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together. Bonhoeffer says, The first service that one owes to others in the fellowship consists in listening to them. Just as Love to God begins with listening to his word, so the beginning of love for the brethren is learning to listen to them. It is God's love for us that he not only gives us his word, but also lends us his ear. So it is his work that we do for our brother when we learn to listen to them. Now here's the convicting part for me, but you stay in there. Christians, especially ministers, so often think they must always contribute something when they're in the company of others, that this is the one service they have to render. They forget that listening can be a greater service than speaking. In this moment, Lake Avenue Church, is it possible that the most loving thing that we can do for one another is to listen to one another? Is it possible that the scriptures that speak about listening and the role of listening in the community and in our faith with Jesus might be something the Spirit is leading us to go deeper in as a congregation, as a people? I've read you two scriptures from the book of James and Proverbs. Again, in two weeks, I'm going to tell you all about wisdom literature, how we read the Proverbs, but essentially, I want you to understand when it comes to Proverbs, Psalms, Job, Song of Songs, Ecclesiastes, these five wisdom books in the Bible, we read them as human expressions of what it's like to live in God's world. It, it is patterns, observable behavior, consistent observation, uh, looking at the way life tends to work out. We can't read them as, as promises. They are wisdom. They are, it's a little bit different. Generally, life works out this way. And so the Proverbs are just observable truths, patterns that seem to show up in who wise people are, and the opposite, the patterns that show up 
with who foolish people are. Now, the book of James is this beautiful book. I, I, I'm convinced we're going to start James in the fall right now. That could change because James does something beautiful. It's a, almost a selection of Proverbs in the New Testament that have been infused with the wisdom of the Proverbs, with the Sermon on the Mount, and it's these teaching after teaching after teaching. And so the scripture in James is soaking with a kind of wisdom, and I would encourage you to keep reading past what we read in verse 20. So in Proverbs, when it says, wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insights, we get a window that learning, fresh insights, are connected to listening. And learning and fresh insights are someone who is wise. The opposite shows up throughout the Proverbs. Keep reading 18. You'll see some opposite in there. The fool is the one who doesn't listen. The fool is the one who speaks without hearing. The fool is a person who reacts. Now I got to tell you, wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insight. It is so convicting for me as a father. You mean you heard it, guys. All of you, but my guys. I want, I, want to, I want to listen more because it's in my listening more I can learn more about my children. It's in listening to them, seeking out learning that I can understand who they are more and that my knowledge of who God is, that my, my way of entering into the relationship with them as a, as a father with their child only enhances through my ability to listen. I want to be a wise man, always learning, always listening for fresh insights. In James, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I am not the only one in this church that has an anger problem. I mean, the writer, in James, what we're hearing here is when you're provoked, when you're agitated, when someone says something you don't like or you disagree with, it's a call to listen. A call to slow down. A call to recognize when anger starts bubbling up in us that that is not, that is not the way of God. That is not the righteousness that God desires. And so when I'm agitated, <sighs> slow to speak. Slow to breathe. I don't know how many couples I've sat with in marriage counseling where this is really a core issue. When one spouse gets agitated, one responds a little more emotionally, the other one needs time to process who's right. I, oh, I'll let therapists take care of that, but I can tell you that James... Is saying everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Listening is evidence of maturity, and I would argue anger is a mark of immaturity. Provoked and agitated, call to listen, to slow down, to breathe. Why? Because I believe what I've said at the beginning. Listening is love. Our ability to listen, to enter someone's story, to hear from them is love. Now, now here's the truth, though. Here, here is the world we live in, and here is even the state of Christianity. 
There's a lot of unloving listening that happens when we cut people off. There's unloving listening that happens in our homes when we cut our children off, when we cut our spouse off, when we cut our parents off. It's unloving to listen to someone when our whole point is to discredit them or to point to somebody else who has a different story, saying, hey, I heard this story, so your story may not really matter. It's unloving to listen to someone when we dismiss them. It's unloving to listen to someone to formulate the argument because we want to quarrel. Lake Avenue Church, listening is love. Chuck said it better than I am. Rewatch this service. But listening is also to learn. I, I, I think my favorite message in this series was Pastor Chuck's, probably because I didn't preach it. And Annie's was great too. That would be, they're tied for first. But this renewal trait, what hit me so heavily, and I've shared about this in a weekly update, is when did, we, when did I stop believing that God wants to change everything about me all the time? That the goal of following Jesus isn't to come to a place of perfection, but to stay in a place of humility to where I'm constantly being renewed. And one way that I am being renewed in these days, in these last few months, these last few weeks, is that as I listen, I become aware and I learn. And as I learn, I become renewed. I, I want to leave you with just some practical ways because honestly, where do we see examples of how we listen to love? Where do we find examples of how we might listen to learn? And I want to give you two questions that I, they're not original to me, they have been researched. But I, as I've thought about these questions, I think they lie, be, the answers that lie beyond them are answers of love and learning. And the first question is this, can you tell me more about that? Last week, um, I, I had a conversation with someone I care about deeply and I came into the conversation with an observation and an assumption. And it would be quite easy for me to launch out of that assumption and out of that observation, but I paused and I said, can you help me understand? Can you tell me more how you think about this? And what I became very aware of within 30 seconds of the answer was that my assumption was wrong, my observation was limited, and there was a whole nother perspective. That was quite beautiful. But without asking, can you tell me more about that? We live in our assumptions and our observations. And, and here's the deal, we're often wrong, especially when we're trying to understand and listen to someone who is of a different generation, who's had different life experiences, who's of a different ethnicity or nationality. We have to listen to love and listen to learn. And a simple question like, can you tell me more about that versus let me tell you what I think about that? See the difference between loving and unloving? Another question I want to ask you to, for us to put in our vocabulary as a church is, what is it like to be you today? I'm very aware of what it's like to be me today. And so are you. But I wonder what happens 
when we get outside of what it's like to be us and say, can you tell me what it's like to be you? It's a question that gives the opportunity for proximity. And proximity leads to empathy. And empathy and listening are some of the most loving things we can do. It requires a wider hearing than what I think about something or what I've heard everybody else tell me about something that already thinks like me. What is it like to be you today? See, it moves us past a headline and into a life. And I know it's hard right now. We're in a pandemic. I'm telling you, I wish we were together right now, Lake. Man, we'd have circles all over this church asking people to come and listen and have these questions and learn from one another. And I think we could do some amazing growth as a congregation if we were in person. God doesn't have that for us yet. And maybe it's so that we can practice some of these things that when we come together, we actually might be able to hear one another when we say, can you tell me more about that? Can you tell me what it's like to be you? So why does this matter? It matters because I am in the business of our lives being transformed by God. Believing that who we are in any given moment is not the fullness of who God has called us to be. And listening in what we've read in Mark transformed a community that wanted nothing to do with Jesus to be amazed by Jesus. And I believe that same kind of listening can transform this community and this community can transform this city and this city can transform this county and this county can transform this state and this state can transform this nation and this nation can transform this world. I believe that. And as much as we want to get together and figure out all the strategy for that, I think all of that is foolishness if we can't can't listen and not listening will stunt our growth as a people and it has and not being able to listen will stunt our growth as a church and it has not learning will stunt our growth as followers of Jesus not learning will stunt our growth as a community not learning will stunt all that God has for us in the mission that he has sent us on now let's be the man you and I have I pray met Jesus Christ and he has called us yes to be in his presence and to worship him but he has sent each one of us to a very particular world to proclaim our story and his story and for that story to have teeth For that story to make sense, for that story to be attractive, we ought not come in with a bullhorn just being loud about our story. We ought to come in first having listened. You know, when we send missionaries from Lake Avenue Church, you know how much time they spend understanding the culture and the community in which we're sending them before they open their mouths? Lake Avenue Church, might it be for some of us God's calling us to be slow to speak, quick to listen, so that when, so that when, we might have something to say. Lake Avenue Church, I want to be a church with great marriages. I want them to be the best marriages in the world. That's going to require great listening and frequent learning. Lake Avenue Church, I want us as parents in this church and grandparents to be the best grandparents and parents in the world. That's going to require great listening and frequent learning. Lake Avenue Church, I want our relationships with one another in this church to be so different from every other church in the world. I want them to be great. That's going to require great listening and frequent learning. 
And Lake Avenue Church, I want us to make an impact into this world with the mission God has given us. And for that to happen, for us to have a word for people to hear, it's going to require some great listening and frequent learning. We're going to sing a song. The band can come forward. And in that song, Spirit Break Out, we will declare together, break our walls down. Now, I'll admit to you, there's a way to worship this song where we're declaring and recognizing at at this kind of spiritual level for the spirit to break out and for walls to break down in in a magical kind of way. And I do pray the power of the spirit would continue to break walls down. But have you ever thought for a moment that maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit is sending you out to break walls down? And and maybe that sending for some of us, that step of sending, has nothing to do with us speaking, but just listening. The power of listening can break walls down. The power of listening can communicate love. The power of listening can help us learn more about God and more about God's people. And I pray that'd be more and more true for each one of us.